Happy Friday, everybody. It's April 6th, 2018. Thanks for stopping into the Tom Powell Jr. podcast. I am the aforementioned Tom Powell Jr. Welcome to your weekly group therapy session. Um, so quickly, let's cover a couple of things that happened over the course of the last week, since this is a just once a week podcast. Obviously, we had Easter. I don't know about you guys. I hope you guys had a great Easter. We had a good Easter. Had a beef tenderloin, uh, some rolls, some mashed potatoes. I think my son ate a half a roll, as is typical. Lots of dessert. Everybody had a good time. Um, hope your Easter was good as well. Uh, of course, we had Walking Dead on Sunday, and as I do every week, I give a brief little synopsis of Walking Dead. Uh, I've mentioned this before. I will do a standalone Walking Dead episode once the season is wrapped up. I, I'm trying to keep this a little bit of everything about life, and this is part of my life, so I do give a, a brief description of it. But um, if you guys remember uh, when Jadis made her original deal with Negan and uh, ne Negan was able to capture Rick for the second time inside of Alexandria, J Negan and Jadis were negotiating for what seemed like 10 people. We never found out what that was, where those people went. Is it possible that she got people from Negan in exchange for helping Negan, and then those people were actually for the people in the chopper, whoever they are? I mean, it's extraordinarily possible, because now we've seen the chopper twice in this, se this season. We saw it back in season one, it, leading Rick into Atlanta. We saw it again in the governor years with the, chop the, the chopper that crashed, and now we're back to seeing... The helicopters again this this year. I know there's a lot of theories floating around. Personally, I think it's the beginning story tale that's going to drip, drip, drip about the Commonwealth and somehow Jadis being connected with that. Uh, also, who did Negan pick up when he picked up somebody? Obviously, he picked up somebody he knew uh, and somebody he wasn't shocked to see. Some people are saying, a lot of people are saying, Carl, stop. It's not Carl. He's dead. He's buried. It's not Carl. Some people are saying it's Sherry, Dwight's wife. I think he would be a little bit more shocked to see Sherry on the side of the road. I think it's Laura. Tattoo on the neck, Laura, who knows Dwight's a traitor, got away. She's still out there. We don't know where she's at. That's who I think it is. We also had a nice little Sophia callback with the tree by the creek. If you guys remember when Rick found Sophia amongst the exposed roots of the tree along the creek bank, we had that again in this season, or this episode. And of course, we had Rick going off. A lot of people have a problem with what he did with the Saviors, negotiating his way out of that situation and then killing all of them. It's a TV show. I do not have a problem with that. Uh, I did want to really just briefly touch on the whole Channing Tatum divorce thing. People are losing their minds because Channing Tatum got a divorce. I see people on, on Twitter talking about how, you know, if Channing Tatum's divorce, marriage fails, then I just don't know what real love is. Really? Newsflash. If Channing Tatum's divorce made you question what real love is, then you didn't know what real love is to begin with. Calm down. It's the star of Magic Mike. 
He's such a bad actor. The G.I. Joe series killed him off, and he was one of the main characters of the cartoon series. So let's calm down about Channing Tatum getting a divorce. I am excited that tonight is Louis Black at the Rialto Theater in Joliet. I got a chance to see him a few years ago with Renee in DeKalb, Illinois, in what appeared to be the dead of winter. We froze our asses off on the walk that night. But uh, we got a chance to see him at a little theater called The Egyptian in DeKalb. And uh, we get to see him again tonight, and I cannot wait. If you guys are not into Louis Black, you need to get into Louis Black. He is funny. He's one of the funniest comedians out there today. Uh, once again, it's going to seem like the dead of winter when we go to see him because, of course, we've got uh, we've got early April weather in the Chicagoland area, which means we have... We have Sprinter. Not quite spring, not quite winter. Old Man Winter is reaching into your coat to give you one last tug before he makes his way out the door, and he is tugging hard. We got snowflakes, cold, wet, damp. The sun hasn't come out. It's just it's early April in, in Illinois. But everybody needs to just calm down. It's going to be fine. It's going to be in the 60s next week. I've already got daylilies coming up in my planting bed. My uh, my Carl Forrester grasses are starting to come up. Spring is here. Calm down. Uh, really quickly on my weight loss, down 36 pounds as of this morning. Uh, I was down 37 as of a day or two ago, and I've kind of hit a little plateau. I bounced up another pound and have stayed there for two days, but uh, that happens. It's to be expected, not to worry. As soon as I finish this episode, I'm getting right on the treadmill again. So, but anyway, down 36 pounds as of this morning and heading in the right direction. Quick update on the book before I've, I've got a couple of little, little story I want to tell you about something that happened here in our village. Um, the book, uh, a couple of things. Uh, I may have mentioned this before, I don't know, but the title of the book has changed. The original title of the, the book is about my life from birth until I walked away from landscaping. The original title of the book was, If Someone Wrote a Book About Your Life, Would Anyone Want to Read It? After talking to some people who were really into books, reading some articles on proper book naming, and watching some videos on how to name a book, the consensus seems to be that that is way too long of a title. And I had to chop it down. So the new title of the book is A Grateful Life. Um, I'm at just under 62,000 words, 173 pages. Um, I have begun proofreading it. I will have it proofread by others. We've got, still got to get the cover art photography done, but hopefully that'll be final proofread. Any last little tidbit stories that I want to throw in, thrown in and uploaded for publication soon, but I will keep you up to date on that, but it is very near being 100% complete. Um, something that's been going around social media here is a, is a meme of, uh, like a, like a dance squad or a cheerleading squad that appears to be on a, a track that goes around a football field, and they're dancing. And now, obviously, somebody has dubbed music over it because the music that's dubbed over it is Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. 
and uh, it's gone absolutely viral. And I'm, to be honest with you, the meme itself, no big deal. It's a funny meme. It's a good song. What I'm shocked about is the number of people that I'm seeing responding to this meme by saying that they've never heard of Fleetwood Mac. They've never heard the song Dreams. I mean, they're like people like my wife will know a song, but not know the artist. And that's one thing. Oh, I've heard that song. I I couldn't tell you who sings it. That's fine. You've really never heard dreams in the background at a party being played on a radio somewhere where you were at coming across the radio as you're cruising down the highway. You've never just dreams has never popped on for, for everybody who's not, who's one of the people that are saying that they've never heard dreams, get yourself a Fleetwood Mac CD. And I know I just dated myself there by saying CD, but get yourself a Fleetwood Mac CD. Dreams is uh, is a good tune. Fleetwood Mac is a good band, and I'm kind of shocked at the number of people that say they have not heard of Fleetwood Mac. You're missing out. You're only hurting yourself. Okay. Um, so I was asked to be a part of uh, a steering committee, a, a, a voluntary a volunteer board, a volunteer committee to advise the village on putting together a new comprehensive plan. It's called the Comprehensive Plan Advisory Committee, or CPAC. And I'm not going to get into the politics and, and, and all of the stuff of that because that's not what this channel is about. This is, this is about something funny that happened with this. So naturally I agreed. Because I do care about my my town, and I want to, you know, I have the time now. I want to give back. So, yeah, I, I went. So we have to all go in and get interviewed by the mayor, and then they're going to take all these interviews, and they're going to sit down the villages, and they're going to pick twelve people to be on this board. So I have not technically made the board yet. I went in for my interview. I do know the mayor from other interactions in the last few years throughout town. And so she sends me a message that this letter is going to be coming my way. The letter comes my way. My wife sees that I got asked to be on this thing. And one of the things that she says is only if the mayor, jokingly says, by the way, only if the mayor agrees to provide 24-hour police protection. What we have going on in our town currently, just as a little side note, is that we have some industry coming into town. And half the town is for the industry and half the town is vehemently opposed to the industry because of the number of trucks that it brings into town. I'm one of the people that's not opposed to it, regardless. The people that are opposed to it, like I said, are vehemently opposed to it and just shred people on social media for it all the time. So that's why my wife was like, only if we can get police protection in a joking manner. So I say to the mayor, in the, I send a message back and say, my wife wants to know if I can have 24-hour police protection once the anti-truck crowd finds out that I'm on this board. Should I make the board? And the mayor responds with, yeah, sure, no problem. And we'll all use aliases too. Being the smartass that I am, I immediately respond back with, ooh, I want to be Ron Mexico. Now, Ron Mexico, for those of you who don't know, was the alias that Michael Vick used when he was at Virginia Tech. When he was playing for Virginia Tech, he was such a star on a national level, he was on par with NFL professional NFL players. 
So when he would go to these little clubs and bars in rural America, around Virginia, and he didn't want to have attention drawn to himself, he would use the alias Ron Mexico. There was actually a Ron Mexico name generator years ago. You typed in your name and your gender, and it spit out a name for you, and the last name was always the name of a country. I was Big Boy Uzbekistan. Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. But anyway, I say to her, I want to be Ron Mexico. She's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Be Ron Mexico, fine. Flash forward to the actual date of the interview this past Wednesday. I go to the Village Hall. I walk in, walk up to the woman behind the counter. She says, may I help you? Say, I have a 2 o'clock with the mayor. She says, and you would be? And I said, my name is Tom Powell. She then looks at me and says, I don't have a Tom Powell down for 2 o'clock. I have the mayor in a meeting at 2 o'clock with a Ron Mexico. Okay. Okay, it's going to be one of those meetings. Okay. So I see that that's, you know, it's one of the cool things that you, you can, everybody can keep the joke going and have fun with the joke without it becoming, you know, a huge... A, a huge burden to anybody. So, okay, I'm being introduced as Ron Mexico. You want to play that? I'll play that. We go into the room. Now, in the room, uh, two of us were able to make it for this particular time slot interview. So it's the mayor, myself, and another person who we will call Woman A. Just because I don't know her very well. I know her. She knows me. But I don't know her very well. I don't want to embarrass anybody by the story. So, the mayor gives us a quick rundown of what this whole interview is supposed to be about, and then she has a series of questions she's going to ask. Now, a lot of the questions are about what you see in the town in the future and the layout, and so we're not going to get into any of that. But the beginning four questions are basically introducing who you are, where you live, what you do for a living. So the mayor goes first. My name is blah, blah, blah. This is what I do for a living. This is where I live. Woman A goes second. Then it's my turn. Now, you have to keep in mind, woman A knows me. I owned a business in town. She knew my name. She knew my business. We've actually spoken a couple of times, but we don't know each other very well. She knows me. I am Tom Powell, the landscaper. That is how I am known in town. Well, by most people. <laughs> anyway, Mayor turns to me and says, all right, your turn. As deadpan as I could possibly play it off, I start out by saying, Hi, my name's Ron Mexico. Now, here's where we hit the pause button. Because as soon as I get out the word Mexico, woman A has a confused look on her face while the mayor is literally doing a spit take with her bottle of water. Now, for those of you in the severe smartass community with me, you know as well as I do, if you can make anybody do a spit take, you've had a good day. So I'm already having a good day. I got the mayor spit taken on the right. I got woman A looking at me like I got lobsters crawling out of my ears on the left. Woman A then jumps in and says, wait a minute, I thought your name was Tom Powell. Which then draws a response out of the mayor, you got to explain it to her. <laughs> So then I had to go into the whole why I'm Ron Mexico and uh, anyway, and what Ron Mexico was. It was just kind of in the moment, it was very funny that 
she was just baffled by me saying my what well, my name was Ron Mexico. And you could tell that the mayor was like, okay, we had some fun with the Ron Mexico thing. You sent the message over about being Ron Mexico. I told the woman at the desk that you was waiting for a Ron Mexico. But then you come into the meeting and actually introduce yourself as Ron Mexico. So first thing I need to say on here is, Mayor, if you're listening, I will not introduce myself as Ron Mexico in the actual 12-person meeting should I make the team. Okay, so I... Just be, be advised. That was a little bit more of an intimate setting, and I felt like I could pull it off, especially coming off the heels of one minute earlier being told that my, she, you were waiting for Ron Mexico. So, yeah, you got Ron Mexico. <clears throat> it's just what's funny is that a blurb, you know, just somebody randomly saying something that is just in passing kind of sticks and takes a life of its own. We have a we have a a, a community. Well, we have a couple of community pages out here in our town on Facebook, in which people share things that are going on in the community. And there was a restaurant in town that people were complaining about on this on this page. And one of the things that one of the people were complaining about was the fact that there was a lack of high chairs. It doesn't matter that that the restaurant had or didn't have high chairs. What matters is that they complained online about the lack of high chairs. That is a passing blurb that then took on a life of its own around here. The restaurant's long since gone, but in that same page to this day, somebody can't post something about anything. The potholes in the Jewel parking lot without somebody coming into the the feed and saying something along the lines of, and Jewel has a lack of high chairs. I mean, high chairs are just mentioned all over the place. That's what I mean by something, a blurb, a passing thought, takes on a life of its own. We have, for anybody in the Shanahan area that might be listening to this, that knows our mayor, that's on these pages, uh, may have also seen an increase in unicorn dialogue in recent weeks it's reached a point where it's taken on a life of its own now for all of you guys in Shanahan that are listening and have seen the conversation about unicorns and are wondering what the hell the deal is with the unicorns this is literally how all of this started one day the mayor posted a picture from the inside of her car looking out through the windshield while she was sitting in a car wash. Now, anybody from around here that's been in the car washes know that you go through a few different cycles, and there's water cycles and soap cycles, and then eventually you get this colorful foam that's all different rainbow colors. Now, our mayor freely admits to being easily amused at the colorful foam when it's spread out across the windshield, so she took a picture from the inside of her car. She posted it to Facebook, and just as a passing joke... I commented on it and said, oh my God, you hit a unicorn. How could you? Well, instantly, it just took on a life of its own. All of a sudden, and I swear, I, it, it's, it's kind of like you go to work for a certain type of company and then you see those type of companies all over the place. All of a sudden, you're see, we're seeing unicorn cereal on shelves and unicorn t-shirts and people are talking about unicorns on, on Facebook. All I said was, oh my God, you hit a unicorn. 
on one post. That's it. Well, it's now reached the point where yesterday somebody got one of those. I'm sure you, everybody has seen them. They're little lawn signs, almost like political lawn signs, but they say, uh, you know, like, uh, drive like your kids live here or, you know, kids playing drive 25. It was one of those type of signs that somebody had custom made and it's pink and it says drive carefully in Shanahan unicorns live here and it has a picture of a unicorn leaping over a rainbow or through a rainbow or something I don't know exactly what it is they took this lawn sign and they stuck it at the end of the mayor's driveway well who do you think the mayor thinks did it yeah, she thinks I did it. So I told her, I no, I had nothing to do with it. I endorse it. I think it's hilarious. I love it. But I had nothing to do with it. I didn't order it. I didn't make it. I wasn't asked about it. I, it somebody else did it. And you cannot ask me who did it because you got to remember, I come from Chicago. And I live and die by the old adage, snitches get stitches. So you're going to have to do your own investigative research on it. But it's it's just a passing comment that takes on a life of its own. So just remember that as you're getting ready to say something on somebody's Facebook page. I have now dubbed her the unicorn killer. And she is single-handedly responsible for the systematic slaughter of all Shanahan unicorns. But it, yeah, it was just literally... And don't ask me why. I don't know why the initial post that that's what jumped to my mind. <clears throat> but it looked like the guts of a rainbowed animal across her windshield. So that I just that's the first thing that popped into my head. Oh my God, you hit a unicorn. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere and I just regurgitated it. So just keep that in mind when you're uh, when you're getting ready to make a comment on somebody's Facebook post. Because I'll tell you, there have been 9,648,852 mentions of high chairs in every imaginable post in our town. So something can and will take on a life of its own. High chairs. High chairs, unicorns, and Ron Mexico. Yeah, retirement's turning out to be a slight bit nuttier than actual work. Uh, I did want to kind of uh, retroactively say happy National Burrito Day. Yesterday was uh, National Burrito Day. I posted a picture from my favorite burrito joint, El Farol in Summit, Illinois. Um, if you have not been to El Faro in Summit, Illinois, you need to get to El Faro in Summit, Illinois. They have tremendous steak burritos. They've got the great horchata, and they have the spicy carrots. And you have not lived until you have had an El Faro burrito smothered in green hot sauce and a bowl of spicy carrots. And I can't believe I'm talking about this before lunch they're phenomenal here in town in Shanahan we've got a great burrito place Taco Burrito King it's good burritos, great tacos 
And I want to say something about tacos. We all know my affinity of ta- for tacos. My love of tacos is well-documented lore. <clears throat> there are those among us who will tell you that a chorizo taco is an unholy thing. That chorizo is only meant for breakfast dishes. That, my friends, is a red flag first sign indicator for you to know you are dealing with somebody who has an undiagnosed mental disorder. You can continue to interact with those people. Just be warned. Tread with caution. Chorizo tacos sit atop the taco family. Followed closely by steak, but chorizo is atop. I will be heading into Shorewood tonight to Casa Maya, a great Mexican restaurant in Shorewood, Illinois. And I will be having the chorizo tacos. Do not let anybody tell you that chorizo is an unacceptable taco. And get to El Faro. I'm telling you, the carrots alone are worth the trip. My mouth is watering literally as I speak the words. I have eaten so many El Faro burritos in my lifetime. I have spent so many of my middle of the night hours in sitting in a booth at El Faro smothering a burrito with green hot sauce. It is quite possibly the most perfect burrito you will ever eat in your life. So happy belated National Burrito Day. Enjoy your Friday. I say go out and celebrate National Burrito Day tonight because as I have said on previous episodes, if you're listening to this, that means you made it to Friday. That means you made it through another week. And that means margaritas are in order. So thank you very much for listening. I will see you next Friday. We will have more content on The Walking Dead and things that happened to us over the course of the week. Hopefully no more unicorns are harmed over the course of the following week. I'll give you an update on the Lewis Black Show. Tell you what's coming up for the month of April for us. And in the meantime, enjoy a little bit of the Friday song. As always, stay grateful.